Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, it's Strictly Mick and Tony. Plus one, because Chris Hassel's going to join us to tell us all about the Jags wheelchair basketball for the last couple of weeks. We get a grip with the big stories of the week. Tony gets serious with another edition of Sports Thoughts. If we get time, we're going to look back at the previous week, forward to the next week, but in between all that, we've got to get St. Patrick's Day and the Irish superstars down to the down to the final four. We've got to play Test Tony. It's going to be a busy hour, so shut up, Michael, and press the button. And these are some of the headlines that we may be talking about. Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola said it was incredible. We are fighting for everything. After his side reached the FA Cup semi-finals in dramatic fashion. To keep their quadruple hopes alive, City were 12 minutes away from being knocked out of the FA Cup before fighting back to win at Swansea by three goals to two. But there was no VAR at the Liberty and two of City's goals would certainly not have stood. Millwall's goal should also have been disallowed for a foul on Glenn Mully. Again, no VAR. How can you VAR some matches in the Cup and not others? England and Scotland fought out an astonishing draw in the most remarkable rugby match in the 148-year rivalry. England, whose title hopes were ended by the Welsh win over Ireland, had raced into a 31-point lead in as many minutes. Rory McIlroy has won the Players' Championship, beating 48-year-old Jim Furyk by one shot after a thrilling final round at Sawgrass. It's his first win of the year and sets him up for an attempt on a career Grand Slam at the Masters next month. Applications to establish a new club in the United States city of New York is being considered by the Rugby League Board. The board, which had previously granted a licence to Canada-based Toronto Wolfpack, believe all the proposals will help deliver the RFL's vision. Anti-fracking campaigners say they'll be protest against chemicals firm Ineos and their takeover as Team Sky at this year's Tour de France. Team Sky announced the course on Tuesday. It will become Team Ineos from the 1st of May, backed by Britain's richest man, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who also has rights to a number of fracking sites in Yorkshire. And of course, we've saved the best until last, haven't we? Hopeless, hapless Scotland suffered one of the most abject defeats in their history, and that's going a long way, in their opening Euro Qualifier 2020 against the team ranked 117th in the world, Kazakhstan. And if you think that's a problem for them, next up, it's the mighty San Marino for the jocks. One piece of local news, Tony, because last night it was the, the Retford Derby. You remember the first Retford Derby in the Central Midlands at Step 7? Yeah. Got a remarkable crowd of 879 or something. It was Retford versus Retford United last night. Retford won 5-0 and pretty much clinched the championship. It, it's theirs for the taking. 709. <laughs> this is Step 7. For, I know it's Retford v Retford, but 709 and 879 for the two games. As good as the people of Newark have been, the people of Retford, that is some achievement. Yeah, I mean, they deserve all the credit in the world for turning out in those numbers. It's just remarkable numbers. Incredible. This, of course, if you do want to join in, um, 81400, um, the word Newark, and then leave a space and print your message on the text. Facebook is radionewark.com forward slash Radio Newark, and Twitter, it's Radio Newark UK. Remember the UK, or you're going to be talking to some fool in America who won't understand a clue what you're talking about, because you'll be talking about sport. Um, where do you want to go? I mean... Home. <laughs> VAR. I cannot understand it's in use at some grounds and not others in the same competition. Either you're using it or you're not using it. Well, apparently it's only in use at, uh, at Premier League grounds, is yes. it, and not Championship grounds, and that's why they didn't have it at um, either Millwall or, or, or Swansea. But as you say, it's not only the same competition, but it's also very much latter stages of that competition. And so it, it does um, make itself 
even more of a laughing stock than VAR already is. Yeah, it's just only football can make a complete pig's ear of something which is relatively straightforward. Mm. And, and and they're doing a cracking job of making a mess of it. Only you? football can do that. And then you go one step further and you've got the SFA. <laughs> Come back to them in a minute. <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting away that easily on, on that one. I just, you know, I... I just thought I could gloss over it or something. I, 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 I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion, Tony, that Manchester City can win all four. Well... I really am. Everything's going their way, isn't it? Any other team I've known win four in a season is RHP, and that was hard enough. Mm. But, you know, everything is on, seems to be on their side. It, but, it, but it was. When you consider that when RHP achieved that in 2010, it had never been done before, and I don't think it'll ever be done mm. again. And, and that's how rare something like that is, at our level. But if you consider the... Going to the top of the ladder. If, if you consider the guys that Manchester City are up against... It, it, it is going to be a remarkable achievement that, as you say, I think is in their grasp. I think it is, because what, they've got Brighton in the FA Cup semi final, then either Watford or Wolves. Well, you know, realistically, that's more than winnable, isn't it? The Championship is there for the taking, because Liverpool are wobbling a little bit, yeah. and there's only Liverpool that's going to be anywhere near them. Champions League, OK, that's going to be tough, because, you know, the big boys are left in it, but... I mean, Christ, when you got Tottenham. <laughs> you know. And this is the time of the year that Tottenham normally run and hide in the corner somewhere. <laughs> Almost every year they do that, so there's no good machine. What the heck is Rugby League doing in New York? What What is it doing at, um, in Canada at Toronto? What is it doing in I mean, France? It, sh it shouldn't be more than five miles away from Witness. What is it doing in France? What is it doing in London? It's stupid. Well, it failed badly. Yeah, and when you get a team from anywhere else other than the Yorkshire or Lancashire heartland of rugby league, you get, such as the Challenge Cup final, you get rubbish crowds, because it is a Yorkshire-Lancashire sport. It's not a national or international sport, as has been proved so many times, and rugby league is shooting itself in the foot by persisting with this futile experiment of taking it all over the world it, it doesn't go further than Leeds or Wigan no. you've got you've got boundaries for that sport keep it within those boundaries and make it the best thing in those boundaries yeah surely what well, they, they, they're looking for this golden egg again aren't they they're all looking yeah, for a golden yeah. egg but I mean if you take it out of Yorkshire or Lancashire take it to Wembley for the cup final fair enough that's worked Everything else they've tried hasn't. Hapless, hopeless, Scotland. Is that my taxi? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, we'll give them some credit for, for coming back against England in, in, in the rugby. What do you think of Gordon Strachan? He used to be a very good player, but I've never particularly enamoured to him as a manager. Hmm. As Scotland manager, he did quite a good he job. He did, yes, he did. When you compare it to other people who've had the job mm. previously, such as Alex McLeish previously failed as Scotland manager. So you're in the SFA and you, you think, hey, that Strachan's doing well, let's get him out. Let's get Alex McLeish in because he's failed previously. I can't work that one out. No, I'm afraid I can't. And I'm sure the entire country of Scotland can't work that one I out. I think they've gone for the easy option, haven't we? Earlier on this week, or actually back end of last week now, we learned that North Ferriby United had hmm. folded. Now, North Ferriby United play in the same league as, as Grantham. Yeah. So, you know, you're in step four, and you know Muggs, and um, as you're going to tell us in a minute, um, the rise and downfall, but they have... They was um, wound up in court for a bill of seven and a half grand mm. to the grounds maintenance people. Now, okay, the grounds maintenance people took an awful lot of stick, but you know they've got their staff to pay. So, I I'm not of the opinion that you go chasing after that company. Um, they took a job on in good faith, didn't get paid for it, and do what you do in business. But it, it's remarkable. But a club of that stature can fold. 
for seven and a half thousand pound um i forgot to print tony off the um, um what so, it, so, what with us so we're gonna go with, so what we're doing here is um modern technology yeah so th- this could all end badly um remember that's it you, you've got the hang of it um this is sports thoughts <laughs> these are sports thoughts with mr tony smith anybody who knows me knows that i thrive on modern technology so uh, here goes I have fond memories of North Ferriby United Football Club. My mate Simon Cobb, who will be well known to listeners through his long association with the local darts and skittles scene, is a proper football fan. A lifelong Manchester United supporter, he gave up his place among the mass ranks at Old Trafford when the club started throwing spectators out for standing up, and his beloved Red Devils sold their soul to the Glazers. Like a lot of disillusioned United fans, he threw in his lot with FC United of Manchester and he's never looked back, following them home and away on a regular basis when finances and family commitments allow him to make the trips. I've often gone with him, drinking our own body weights in beer and travelling the country on British Rail Mystery Tours to support FC, me wearing an FC scarf and cringing only when they sang how much they hated Leeds. And one day, North Ferriby United came to Broadhurst, the fan-built FC United football ground, in the leafy district of Moston, which is twinned with Beirut. North Ferriby had seven supporters with them, all wearing Viking hats, and all of them made me look anorexic. So naturally, I found them wonderful company. And FC United won, so a great day out was had by all, if not the Humberside Seven. But whatever the opposite is of dwarves, they didn't seem to mind. And now their club is dead. North Ferriby United came from nowhere in the footballing landscape, with their only claim to fame that they played under the Humber Bridge. But they skilled the dizzy non-league heights for a brief spell, before their dreams were ended by an unpaid bill of £7,645.25. Mick's question to me, prompting these thoughts, was should football clubs be like listed buildings and kept for the community, or are they a business and, if run badly, they fold? You could ask the same question about old people. Because all football clubs are like living and breathing things and are loved unequivocally by their followers and when one passes it's like a death in the family so i mean yeah when you look at a step four club folding on the back of a seven and a half grand bill um you have to start really thinking whole city players are probably on 30 40 grand a week um, I would like to think if I was a player, I would step in. Somebody who used to play for them. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll go back to the question. Should they be allowed to, to die or are they just a business? And if a business don't is not run properly and a business runs out of money, it goes. It's this old argument, isn't it? Yeah. It's a football club. Newcastle United, Isla Mike Ashley, a business proposition, or is a football club, Newcastle United, Isla, or the fans in Newcastle, or the Geordies, a social institution? Is it that one, or is it that one? It's a social institution, and anybody who is playing um, at a decent level of football, who in the past played for North Ferriby United, should put the hand in the pocket and go, there you go, there's eight grand, keep the change as well and have a drink on me. It's a crying shame. That I'm, I, I, I'm, I, it's probably being done deliberately because the chap who owns it and he's, he's got every right to call it East Hull FC and move it into Hull because he thinks he's going to get a bigger fan base. He's got every right he owns it. But let's go back to it again. Is it a social institution that your seven anorexic Vikings yeah. went all over the country for? But, you know, 
North Ferriby United is not dissimilar to Collingham and what Paul Hyde is achieving with Collingham Football Club was done on uh, a much bigger scale but North Ferriby United is a village football team so you cannot move the heart and soul of the village no matter whether you own the club or not and if you do own it you should have more blooming respect for it and then you've got another conversation do you know your limits and should you stay at those limits I'm only thinking now let's play devil's advocate flow serve no is it it's no use knowing your limits because it's sport and it's fantasy and it's, it's nothing to do with reality you shoot for the stars and if you crash and burn so be it but having a good go you have a blooming good time while you're having it and, and we do get profound on a Thursday night if, don't if, we if it, if it all goes pear-shaped pear-shaped so what you've had a go and enjoy the ride there's an awful lot of people go on that bus to away games and they're at the moment having the time of their lives. Don't know how long it'll last. You know, no idea how long it'll last. But we can't wait for April the 6th when we go again. Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, enjoy it while it's there because one day it probably won't. But like the North Ferriby fans will tell you, I've been to Wembley. Yeah, if, if it all goes horribly pear-shaped at flow serve set the start of next season we can all go sit down in a pub somewhere in october and go yeah but the memories you can never take those away that's what the north ferriby people yeah are hopefully saying and you never know it could reform as afc north ferriby and flow serve could be playing them next season hmm. that's what sport's all about coming up we have got chris hassel we've got st patrick's day we've got tesh tony and then we're going to sit back and look back and look forward and looking forward to this weekend is going to take a long time because it's absolutely packed. Every second Thursday night we're joined by Chris Hassel to um, talk about the Jags Wheelchair Basketball Club, a wonderful club that uh, puts everybody else to shame by the fact that they play literally all over the country and it's fascinating to find out where they've been and what they've been up to. And the man to tell us, of course, is the aforementioned Chris. Good evening. Good evening, how are you, sir? Uh, we're good, thank you. Um, what you got to tell us? Uh, probably two things. Uh, the first thing is that uh, Jacks 2 played uh, a week uh, a week or so ago uh, against Sheffield Steelers. Uh, tough game. It's our um, our home derby. This is our Liverpool-Everton, us against Sheffield. Um, and um, we, we got beat by 40-odd points, but uh, played well. So uh, that team is... Um, quite near the bottom of National League Division 2 at the moment. Uh, they got promoted, um, but they're doing well. Uh, we're sort of uh, in a building season there. So um, we've got another game uh, coming up tomorrow. So we play uh, Tees Valley. Uh, tomorrow? tomorrow uh, yep, yeah, tomorrow. Friday? No, no, I don't mean tomorrow. I keep on saying tomorrow when I join you. I don't mean tomorrow. I mean Saturday. <laughs> right, um, Saturday, Tees Valley. Uh, yep, yeah, Tees Valley, Magnus Sports Centre. So uh, they're coming all the way down to Middlesbrough. So we play them on Saturday, and then the Saturday afterwards, we've got the away fixture at Tees Valley. So we have to get in our cars and go the other way to Middlesbrough. A1, so, A19, uh, I know it well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's what Jack Stewart's doing at the moment. And then the other thing worth mentioning um, are our juniors. So our juniors are doing remarkably well at the moment. Um, this is basically the under-18s. We've got some good established players, quite a few sort of 17-year-olds, which therefore, you know, that does well and bodes well against other teams. Um, they've taken part in the sort of round-robin games where you play locally, um, and then there's something called the Elite Eights, where the eight best teams in the country um, go uh, and basically meet up and play quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. Uh, Jags have, have won all their games this this season so far, which is great, um, and they've qualified for the Elite Eights, which is in April, um, and Sheffield, and they've qualified as the first seeds of those eight. So uh, we have uh, high hopes that they could possibly bring back bring back a medal. So uh, you know we'll have to wait and see. Uh, That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it will. It will. Uh, we are really chuffed with our juniors at the moment. They're playing with some great basketball. Um, they're split amongst the senior teams, but when they all come together as a, an under-18s team, they're playing remarkably well at the moment. So, uh, really, really hopeful uh, for that in a couple of weeks' time. What time do you start on Saturday against Tees? 
it's, it's a two o'clock tip. So if anybody wants to come down to the Mangal Support Centre and support us, we would love to see you. Yeah, well, uh, it's free. You can just walk through the front door, find yourself a seat and uh, watch some wheelchair basketball. And trust me, it is well worth watching. If you think if you think the hockey's brutal that's on going off on the outside, go inside. <laughs> it takes it, it takes it to another level. It Absolutely. really does. Chris, the best of luck, and we'll catch Thank you again you. in another fortnight's time. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Bye-bye. The wonderful Jags. And if they're going as number one seeds in the whole of the country for the junior Elite Eights at Sheffield in, in April. That is going to be well worth us keeping a more than a BDI on it. They're right. Right, all week we've been trying, on the back of St. Patrick's Day last weekend, we've been trying to get 13, our 13 of what we thought was the best Irish sports people, down to four. And over the weekend, I'm going to put on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, um, a chance for you to vote for who are your favourites in those four. But Tony's got to get rid of three more tonight so Mm -hmm. he can go in with that last four. Tony's doing it so you can have a go at him and not me. (laughs) Um, So, Tony, first of all, who have you got left? We've got Brian O'Driscoll, capped 133 times for Ireland with the Rugby Union team. The 20 times champion jump, jump jockey, A.P. McCoy. George Best. Alex Higgins, two times world snooker champion. Barry McGuigan, the WBA featherweight title holder, or the, the, did, did hold it. Um, Mary Peters and Porak Harrington, the uh, back-to-back open winner at uh, golf. Now you've got to get rid of three of those because I'm only going to go in with four when I take this to social media. So you're you have got to get rid of three of those. Not just kick them out, but tell me why you're kicking them out. There's the pen. Don't want to take all the blame for this, so I'm going to <laughs> kick out A.P. McCoy because horse racing is not a sport in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> now that is clever. Smith, I like his style. Um, and I'm going to take out Barry McGuigan most reluctantly. Tremendously reluctantly. Tremendous ambassador for his sport and for Ireland. And uh, it doesn't deserve to be taken I'm out. I'll get you back for that in a minute. <laughs> it doesn't. We've already already done Kazakhstan. Um, but no, uh, Barry McGregor. I, I hate getting rid of him, but um, uh, it goes the same way as Paul Carrington, um, because you can't touch Mary Peters in terms of how she unified Ireland. Same goes for Alex Higgins. Same goes for George Best, and the same goes for Brian O'Driscoll. Right, so they're your final four. Yeah, they're Okay, final just four. make sure the others are crossed out yeah. so I don't get it wrong. Okay. Um, and they're the final four that we're going to put on social media tomorrow. A.P. McCoy, Mick Bradley. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, 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 sometimes you've got to take one for the team. <laughs> I will take that one for the team. So, once again, your final four, our final four are... Brian O'Driscoll, George Best, Alex Higgins... And Mary Peters. I know we've missed St. David's Day, so we'll give it a few weeks' time, and then we're going to go back in and have a try and find ourselves 13 great Welsh sportsmen. Might be a little bit harder, but we'll give it We'll give it a go. And then in November, I've got to try and find 13 Scottish sportsmen, which certainly won't include any of the team that played in Kazakhstan tonight. Right, moving <laughs> swiftly on. We started something last week that we called Test Tony. Yeah, went down quite well i certainly enjoyed it he squirmed a little bit um so what it's based on of course is today who was born on this day who died on this day what happened on this day yep so what um i've done is done my homework there are some very famous footballers born today i'm going to ask you the questions um but not quite the same as i asked you them last week and last week we played a piece of music which I thought was eminently suitable. Now I'm going to play a piece of music which. <laughs> what shall we play? Or shall, shall we? We'll do the same again. Come on. 
So, born on this day, I'm going to give you the clue. You're going to give me the answer. Okay. And I'm only going to give you up to three clues, and then you'll fail. <laughs> right? Okay. So, born on this day in 1935, the greatest ever football manager the world has ever known. You've already got this wrong. Don Revy wasn't born today. Right, no, you're wrong. This man won back-to-back European Cups. Bob Paisley. No, 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 it's, it's Brian Clough. Yes, it's Sir Bra- Brian. Brian Clough would have been 84 years old. Today. Yes, you've done your own work, haven't you? No, no it's, it's mm. just uh, I eat conflicts. So you've got that one right. Okay, born on this day in 1949. He was a West Indian test batsman and he played 62 times for his country. Born when? This day in 1949. A West Indian batsman? Yes. Okay, another clue. On that second one. clue. He played for Warwickshire. Great, that's a good one. Brian Lara? No. 49? It was quite small in cricketing standards, height-wise. The Little Magician. Hmm. We'll write down as a failure and move on then. Alvin? Calaturan. Yes. Ah. Born in this day, on this day in 1960. He won the Formula One World Motor Racing Championships from McLaren in 1988, 1990 and 1991. Nigel Mansell? No. He died in an accident while leading the 1994 San Marino Grand Prix. At the Senna? Yes. You're you're getting the grips of this now, aren't you? Mm. Born on this day in 1961... This man captained West Germany to victory in the 1990 World Cup. He was named European Footballer of the Year. Mm. His record of playing in five consecutive World Cups was only matched by a... um, Oh, oh! The most capped German player of all time... Retiring with a total of 150 appearances. Born on this day in 1961. Lost the matters? Yes! Ah. And the last one, born on this day in 1966, he played for England at cricket, but he was Welsh. Robert Croft? Matthew Maynard. But I see where you're coming from. Ah. Died on this day... These are, gr- these are crackers, these are. <laughs> I'll actually tell you who they are and you can tell me what they did. Okay. Right, we'll do it the other way around this time because <laughs> these three are absolute crackers and nothing to do with sport. Oh, great. 1982, died on this day, Harry H. Corbett. Sutty's dad. On this day in 1997, the Reverend W.V. Audrey. Uh, the Railway Books. Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes, well done. And in 1999, the brilliant Ernie Wise. Aha. Uh-huh. you, obviously. <laughs> My all-time hero. And finally... Oh, heroes. Finally, Sorry. in 2012, Sergio Aguero and Sami Nasri score to give Manchester City a 2-1 win over Chelsea at the City of Manchester Stadium and create an EPL record of t- their 20 conse- 20th consecutive home win. The streak ends in the next match with a three-all draw against. You just wouldn't believe it. You just wouldn't believe it. Swansea? Sunderland. Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny old game, isn't it? Anyway, that's just a bit of a bit of fun and just mm. to and just to keep his lordship on that. Uh, you did very well tonight. Well it's it's uh you didn't get Simone Biles last week, but you got you, no, you, no, but, you uh, did very well tonight. I I I I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad, I'm glad Ernie Wise was in there, the, uh, the, the, the long-standing partner of John Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Right, um, let's, um, let's go back. 
shall we, to this week in sport and and last weekend. Um, we started off by Monday night by looking at the weekend, didn't we? And we spoke with the guys, as we do on the weekend wrap, and um, Paul Halfpenny was busy telling us about you play for a club, hmm. not a team. And if a part of that club has a chance of gaining success while they supposed stronger part of that club is sitting there safe and basically to put it bluntly playing the games out it's right and proper to do and within the rules to do what they're doing i agree totally Mm. Uh, because um if the first team as they are to all intents and purposes are playing dead rubbers then the seconds if they can be helped by taking some first team players that's the sign of a great club and uh, that, 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 that should be done at all proper clubs and it actually worked didn't it because they drew five mm. all against yeah. a team that's only dropped two points all, all season yeah. and they've got a bit more work to do we'll come back to that but it's not all over yet but they've set themselves up a great result. For a party night. A great result, and it was Sally's idea, so I'm to- totally behind it. Yes, I thought you might be. Um, <laughs> Flow serve. This is going to be a bit... This is difficult for you, because Craig, Craig, the manager on Monday night, accused me of being harsh, and I probably was harsh. I think um, you were as well. Um, and I think he controlled himself very well with his response. <laughs> um, so, OK, then. Let, let, let's have your response, because you listened on Monday night... Who would think that it's the home form that's ended up costing them? It would appear to be that way, but when you consider when we've slipped up at home, it's been on the strength of really, really cracking performances by the opposition. And um, on Saturday, Sherwood Colliery did a very, very good job on us. Should we... Are we... Are, are all of us guilty of being very blinkered and just looking at our team and not saying, hang on a minute, they want bad. I think so, but, I mean, that's human nature, isn't it? I mean, you only look as far as uh, your, your, your own team. and um, But, I mean, when you've been around in the game as long as we have, um, and, I mean, uh, you know, uh, in, in sport, not, not, not just football, then you do have a, a wider view of it. And uh, Radford came to Lowfields and did a tremendous job um, still daylight robbery Ashby Ivanhoe they came there and, and, and did a cracking job on us and you just think to yourself at the end you think obviously the initial reaction is from a sort of orange and proud point of view and you go <sighs> but then on the drive home you think actually full credit to him for that and the way Sherwood I wish we could be heard in Mansfield Woodhouse on this radio station. Orders. Chef, uh, uh, Sh- Sherwood Colliery and their people deserve a heck of a lot of credit for the way they conducted themselves on Saturday because the, t- the two dugouts were having a laugh with each other, the, t- the two dugouts were agreeing about the sending-offs. That should never have been a sending-off, it was ridiculous, and all the rest of it. And there was no animosity, there was no swearing at each other with veins on the next bulging out. It was just a proper football day. I think the, suit, the two clubs have come from the same place, though. Mm. The, 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 they're basically the same peep, the same sort of yeah. people, so the same quality of people. And, uh, you know, Sherwood, Sherwood College deserve all the credit in the world for, for, for making Saturday a, a good football occasion. OK, that's um, very good. New York Rugby Club, it's not been the best, it wasn't the best of weeks for them. On Monday Monday they announced that they couldn't fulfil the Cup semi-final and you explained the reasons why they couldn't fulfil that Cup semi-final. It's not football when you can chuck kids in there. If your front row's missing and you go in there against grown men, somebody's going to get hurt. But on Friday they announced that their coach of three years standing has left the club and the obvious assumption is the two are related. I, I think that was a, a conclusion that, that, that you jumped to, in fairness. I think um, Rob explained... He's <laughs> getting midnight no, 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 tonight. It's, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm just the voice of reason. And, and basically, uh, as Rob explained, it was Ben Buxton's third term as coach, and the results this season haven't been great. 
Um, the new facilities are up and built and they're all looking absolutely superb so everybody's attention is not being diverted away from the playing field now people are looking at the playing field and thinking hang on a minute this ain't going as we thought it should time for a new manager it's the exact opposite to the scotland football team this is going really really well time for a new manager and and so basically the newark uh board of directors whatever is the situation in rugby union they've decided that we need a new man at the helm because the results this season haven't been great the fact that it also coincided with the same week that they called off or ragged off as they say in rugby union a semi-final fixture was pure coincidence amelia crispin um olivia whitelaw harry wainwright regis sugden and ethan dakin all had good weekends hmm Again, okay, Rudis will probably say he's 21 and, you know, he's not in that child bracket. He's a man now, and that's a fair comment. I'll go along with whatever Regis says. Um, <laughs> but, again, another cracking weekend for yeah. our younger talent on the national stage. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I honestly think that what um, Suggy's gym achieves in producing sheer quality time after time and the, the the thing i like about about dean is that he doesn't put his fighters into easy games into into into, into easy contests he tests them every time and uh, regis was up against a, a decent opponent and beat him in every round and it's a f fantastic start to his boxing professional boxing career isn't it james brinkat smith um has been awarded the north midlands male powerlifter of the year for 2018 he's just broke his own um pb at um, a bench press event at nottingham and he's now looking forward to going to tokyo for the world bench press <laughs> championships he's coming in here in a couple of weeks time yeah, as well yeah, but, you know, to that. uh, that's not bad is it no uh, you know it's uh, just another fantastic achievement um but i mean the, w when he came in the first time and we met for the first time it was one of those occasions that it was sort of uh, an immediate friendship wasn't it yes it was wasn't it lovely bloke um and uh you know i i, I, I just wish he was uh uh on the um in his in his in his previous career as a uh, a musician it's uh it's, it's, it's a pity he wasn't a trumpeter because there'd be far better headlines than a drummer wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> we've had some guests in this week we went last week without any so we brought some guests back in this week on tuesday night we had what seemed to be most of the swimming club but yeah you're 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 sometimes it's not your favorite nights when it's full in here of of, of, of youngsters but i think on tuesday night you really enjoyed it yeah, because you could tell why the two lads had been made captain, had been made captains of their sections. Because when they spoke for their age, they spoke with great authority and great calmness and great composure. And, um, you know, you could, they were captains in material, weren't they? Absolutely brilliant. And uh, the young lady who's now in Estonia. Yeah. Um, swimming for her native country lithuania she was born in nottingham okay that's right and that's no problem at all that's the modern the way of the modern world dad was born in lithuania and we got <laughs> dad onto the radio didn't we and he was lovely if he had been any prouder he would have burst it was an absolutely lovely bloke <laughs> and um to make your week complete oh yeah um last night we had I'm accused by you and other people of using the word legend too often. Last night we had a legend. End of conversation, really. And I didn't realise until I made a phone call in the afternoon on a totally different subject, but I just said while I was talking to Dave Smith, the uh, Mr Chips of uh, Newark teaching, I said, uh, oh, by the way, we've got your mate in tonight on the radio, Jono, coming in to say a few words. And, and he then spoke to me about Paul Johnson, and um, he said, you won't realise, because you've always known Jono as Jono. You've always known him as a lad who was in um, Lucy's scout group as an eight-year-old. 
and um, basically you've always walked the streets with him, you've always been alongside him in various cricket nets on, on occasions. Um, you've not purely seen him from the stand at Trent Bridge and thought, my God, what a cricketer. But because we've all grown up with him and because to us he just is Jono, you know, D Dave Smith says, what you have actually got in the studio tonight is one of cricket's royalty. Absolute legend of a bloke. And uh, when you sit down and... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's not a conversation we could have had last night with Jono in here because he's so self-deprecating he's just taking the mickey out of himself. But when you sort of meet people like that, there's a certain aura about them. And I was waiting at the end of the show for you to say to me, well, you've not said much tonight, Tony. So what, what, what do you think about John being in the studio? And the reason I'd not said anything was because when you are in the presence of sporting greatness, you don't talk just to hear the sound of your own voice. You listen. And if you just listen, then you learn so much more about the sport that's the subject, the particular subject of that evening. And last night it was cricket, and last night we had one of the greatest cricketers this county has, has ever produced, never mind that Baldwin has ever, ever produced or Newark is so proud of but one of the finest cricketers that the, the, the county, Nottinghamshire's proud history has ever produced We don't do things in half on this show um, nice. Right, coming up next an awful busy quality, quality night last night An awful busy weekend, you did enjoy that didn't you? Mm, yes. Yeah. An awful busy weekend um, to talk about uh, as we um, look forward to hopefully some sunshine okay here we go this is what you could be watching this weekend in and around newark the match of the weekend could should will take place at the magnus after last weekend's amazing five all draw that we spoke about the newark hockey ladies twos need to beat second bottom nottingham players in their final match of the season to achieve promotion ladies it's over to you. Simple mm. as that. Half past ten at the Magnus for that one. I shall be there. That match is followed by the ladies' once penultimate match of the campaign when the champions, already the champions, Repton, visit to the Magnus. Derbyshire School have won 15 of their 16 played, scoring 103 goals along the way, and by contrast, Newark have scored 23. Head coach Sally Arpenny is once again expected to field a strong side in the first match, which means that by one o'clock to Saturday afternoon there's going to be some tired legs because already you've been in a match where you're going to go for the championship and then some of them are going to come up against the champions of the higher division particularly Sarah Pass yes who is as Paul Halfpenny tells us on Monday fit as a butcher's dog yes he said that we didn't <laughs> when you've had a bad week in sport which New York Rugby Club have had when you've had a bad week what happens your next game is away to the league leaders. <laughs> Another club that's managed to drop one game all season. So Newark travel to Derbyshire to take on Melbourne. Um, head coach is, is left. Um, and the minds of many supporters, at least, are already concentrating on what's happening the following weekend when it's Southall against Newark. <laughs> it could be a long afternoon for our locals, Tony. It could be in the... Um Certainly, uh, those in the uh, blue and white hopes, unfortunately. I would almost rest what you can. I would. Mm, yeah. I would. What you can. Southall, by contrast, travel to Lincoln that knowing only a, a five-point victory will give them any hope of survival. After Matlock's surprise victory at Newark, <laughs> the Peak District team need four points from four matches to ensure their safety and send the Minstermen down to Division 3. If South will get the victory and Matlock lose, we of course all move on to the following week. Oh yes, South will v Newark. Newark could send South will down. I, I don't think that'll happen. I can't see South will getting anything at Lincoln. Possibly for everybody's benefit, it ought to happen this weekend. Mm. I, I, I think I think it will. I mean, certainly on paper, that's a, that's a Lincoln home win, isn't it? After two years without a league defeat, who would have thought it would be the home form that has cost Flowserve a successive championship medal? But it's probably a blessing in disguise. Works 
have only two more matches to play at Lowfield, starting with a first ever visit by last season's Leicestershire League champions, Ingalls, who incidentally inflicted a 1-0 defeat in the reverse fixture earlier on in the season. However, with eight matches left and ground grading requirements to rear its ugly head, there's a lot to play for yet, and we mustn't forget, promotion is still in Flowserve's hands. Yeah, I went up to Lowfields on uh, Tuesday night for the uh, semi-final between um, RHP and Wheatsheaf um, in the Premier Division Cup final. And, um, and the charge to get in. <laughs> charged by Mr uh, Samuels to get into the game a minute before half-time, full price. Even Dick Turpin had the decency to wear a mask. Uh, but the, the pleasing thing, Brilliant. the pleasing thing, because Wheatsheaf's victory certainly wasn't, uh, the pleasing thing was um, that uh, the stand behind the goals, the blue seat stand, um, is going on, undergoing uh, major foundation work. Um, so by the time we get the ground uh, grading people in, uh, we will have a splendid covered stand there in uh, full fitness for uh, subsequent capacity crowds. So then it's over to you at Selston. And, um, so, um... There's a lot to play for. Flowserve can still get promotion, but realistically, um, in the last list of, um, league table of second-place teams, Flowserve was eighth out of the nine hmm. that are going to go up. It's all very tight, and a win here and a defeat there, and it all changes around. Yeah. And there's still a lot of football to be played. But, you know... They've got to start winning football matches. But it's as simple as that. You, you, you were making out in the interview with Craig that it was um, uh, the end of the, the title hopes, basically. And um, there, there still are, for both ourselves and Selston, seven or eight games to play. It's not, mat- not mathematically the end of the title no. hopes. But, but I mean, you, you, you've, you've fallen in with the, uh, with the national journalists in that one result determines the entire future of the championship. And it's, 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 not, it's an ongoing thing. Radford, Ashby, Sherwood, that's three results. Doesn't matter. It's all to play for. But you've got to admit, Selston have got to implode, implode badly. And they're quite capable of doing so, as they've already proved. I hope they do. I, hope I can't see it. I hope they do, because they've started to grind out victories again. I mean, the league have done their very best by giving them six home games to finish the season with, but, uh, you know, but we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll still uh, have a say in it ourselves. It's a bit like the Premier Division, mate. doesn't matter if you finish first or fourth. The prize is the same. Hmm? You're playing in the Champions League. If your grand grading's right and you finish first or second and you've got the points ratio to games, the prize is the same. Hmm? So and They've got it to play for, but they've got to start winning football matches. And and the one-all draw against Sherwood is two points less that Sherwood can get against well, us. Still, so, you still, know, it's, um, that's why it's still in flow serve. And slow serve reserves all, are back in, action, back in action after a couple of weeks off and find themselves second in the table now, four points behind the leaders, but with three matches in hand. Mm. Um, and a trip to Barraby at the weekend should not present any problems and yield them three more points. Collingham played the bottom club Thorn in the Central Midlands at Station Road. They're looking for a top four finish in, in that division for the third consecutive season, which is a fantastic achievement. Yes. Uh, you know, all credit to them and Paul Lyde. But it's Tuesday night, they're playing the Floodlit Cup semi-final against Appleby Froddingham. So I wonder if Paul's going to shuffle that pack a little bit. I won't be surprised because the Cup game is the most important in terms of Collingham's season so um, we'll talk about that one a little bit more next week but big game I this is the business end of the season isn't it hmm. Yeah, th- th- this is the bit that you've gone you've gone six seven months that you're building up for and it's no different in youth football Long Bennington have been leading the way the Notch Youth League under 18 Division 3 all season we've been tracking them all season and with six matches to play they look certainties for the title Realistically, only Skegby from Mansfield are going to catch them. Skegby have five matches in hand over Bennington and are 16 points behind Bennington and haven't been beaten all season. Guess what's happening on Saturday? Skegby versus Long Bennington. (laughs) (laughs) At Skegby. At Skegby. Now, if Bennington come back with a point 
or three, I think they've won the championship. If Skegby win that game, it's out of Bennington's hands. That's how simple it is. Yeah. Isn't it? Newark Tennis Club have um, their mixed team play Corton at London Road on Saturday and the ladies travel to Woodthorpe on Sunday. Um, busy weekend for them. Um, the Notts Lincolnshire and Derbyshire, the NLD, this is we're back to rugby, um, take on the Eastern Counties at Kellam Road on Sunday at under 17 level. So a big county match taking place at Kellam Road and that's probably to be expected more and more now for the, for the, for the facility. But if you want to go and see <coughs> youth rugby at its best, you haven't got far to go. I'll pass two Sunday afternoon, Kellam Road. Get yourself down there. Um, elsewhere, here we go. It's the turn of the year five and six primary school children to go to Presswold Hall for their cross country, their national cross country. While on Sunday, most of the striders and not fast contingent will be on the way to Ashby for that town's 20k, which is part of the build up for mm. um, the London Marathon. It's the last week of stepping to striders with the new runners, um, the Virgin 5k's. Um, doing their first ever park run. Stock Car Dave starts this new season with a traditional Birmingham meeting. It's round one of the HSBC National Trophy at Sherwood Pines for our trail cyclists. The minor races on Saturday, the Elite on Sunday, and Adam Holland tomorrow sets off on an epic run <laughs> from John O'Groats to Land's End, but it wouldn't be Adam Holland if that was what it was all about because once he's got to Land's End he's turning straight back round and running back in nine days which equates to 16 10k runs every day for nine days on the back of the fact that you've just run from John O'Groats to Land's End I can't think of anybody else in the world that would do something like that it's, it's going to be harder on the way back when you're going uphill though, it's, it? it's uphill all the way isn't mm, it yeah yeah so we're hopefully going to try and track him a little bit and talk to him two or three times on in 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 in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I've got absolutely no doubt he, in his he'll case do he's it. doing it. He'll do he'll, it. He'll do it. I've got absolutely no doubt he'll, he'll, he'll do it. Ah, and that's it. It's a busy, busy weekend of sport to come. <laughs> next week, Tony, very quickly, Coddington scores coming in on Tuesday night, probably all of them, and Owen Yeomans is our golden oldie. On Wednesday night, so we're mm. going to talk athletics. You'll enjoy that. Talking of golden oldies, Dean Anderson's here, and it's the TNT Soul Show. So uh, I'm going to leave you in their very capable hands. Good night. Radio New World.